0: This is Peter,
1: and this is Tom,
0: and you're listening to History Teachers Talking Podcast. So, welcome back to the podcast. This is Peter Zablocki and Thomas Reska. What do we got
1: today, Tom? Today, we're going to take a look at Uh, Presidential assassinations, not the ones that you know, but some of the ones that you don't know, and the attempts that have happened over the years. There was more than 30 attempts to kill an incumbent president um, since the beginning of the 19th century, so we're going to be looking at that today.
0: You know, I actually just read somewhere not that long ago that there was an attempt on Trump as well. Did you catch that when you were Yeah, up? there was a
1: couple on Trump. Uh, I don't know, you want to just get to him and work our yeah, way backwards? So I, mean, you, I thought you know, it was go, kind of funny. Yeah, let's go a let's little, little crazy here. Well, yeah. Um, obviously, every president is going to be people that don't, um, don't like him. But uh, Trump has had a couple. The one that I thought was the most interesting – I mean you always have someone that said he wanted to kill him and stuff like that. These aren't just threats that we're talking about. These are actual – attempts, even if the attempts gets gets thwarted really early on. We're still talking about that. And um there was this one individual um actually has a um that what he did was he sent Trump um a bunch of these seeds and these seeds were um oh, I have it here somewhere. These seeds were uh castor bean seeds. Okay, William Clyde Allen. Um he was a US Navy veteran. They don't know why he did it. He also sent these same he sent these letters also to um James Mathis and the and uh john richardson which were he's the um mathis was the uh secretary of defense and um richardson was the chief naval operations officer and he sent these um seeds to them these castor bee seeds he sent them like uh four or five of them and if trump or any of these guys would have touched them and if they got on their skin they're poisonous like they will kill you they're called like a severe allergic reaction and um yeah, he was arrested in October uh, October eighth, twenty eighteen, in Utah. He's still in jail now. Um, they don't know why he sent these things. They believe he has some mental illness, but um, that was part of the most recent. That's the most recent attempt that we're aware of on a president's uh, life. But yeah, just from these uh, these beans of a plant, was, they're yeah. laced with ricin, uh, the chemical ricin. That's why they're so dead.
0: Right? Wow. Yeah, and I mean, we should you know obviously we're going to touch upon that today, but. You know, Secret Service at first when it was created it was about, you know, trying to find counterfeit money and, you know, battle that. It was never really meant to protect the president.
1: No, that was – um, it was after which they uh, – It officially
0: worked, became what it is today after McKinley's assassination.
1: After McKinley. so not even after Lincoln. Yeah. They were like, oh, Lincoln got no, shot. No, no, no. We don't need any pro- yeah. you know special production. It was after McKinley. That's right. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so I think, you know, we'll go back a little further back. Um And, uh, you know, one of the earlier ones that I found to be very interesting is the Andrew Jackson assassination attempt, January 30th, 1835, outside U.S. Capitol, Andrew Jackson, you know, he's attending actually a service for a deceased South Carolina congressman. He walks out of the Capitol and waiting for him is this dude named Richard Lawrence. Mm -hmm. Tom, what happens?
1: Well, Richard Lawrence has two pistols. He pulls them out. They misfire. And then Jackson proceeds to give him a beating of his life with his cane right there like jackson actually beats yeah, up, a lot. beats up his attempted uh his assassin. attempted assassin which i'm pretty yeah. sure is the first only time this happens um yeah. So yeah the guy tries to shoot the guns don't fire and jackson just beats him down until other people yeah. yeah, with his cane and now uh, the guy was beaten severely when i said like talking about like it, he, he was gonna die and they yeah. just beat him um uh, with it and um he was eventually lawrence was found um, not guilty by reason of insanity. The guy was crazy. He was a house painter, an out-of-work mm-hmm. house painter that just decided let me go shoot the president again. This is from the and 18th. Breathing
0: too many fumes. You know, yeah, yeah. Many
1: fumes. Well, you used to have paint houses, didn't you, or something like that? You yeah, I love that stuff. You worked. You worked at it. You love that stuff. This yeah. Is why is well, do you think I am friendly, the way I am? It explains everything. Like a friendly <laughs> show they're talking about, you know, inhalants over there.
0: But you know, what's really funny is that in, in this particular instance, you know, the guy pulls out a gun. You know, the, Jackson's walking out. This guy walks up to him. Again, there's no security back then. I mean. People used to during Jackson's time, eighteen thirties. You were literally able to ring the doorbell—well, no doorbell—but you were able to knock on a White House door and be like, "Yo, I want to see the president." Like that was actually a thing.
1: Yeah, you can go talk to the president. Yeah.
0: Yeah. um, So you know when he's walking out of the Capitol building, this guy walks up with his gun. He points his gun. And you know, every like it's like the world stops. He takes the gun and he basically presses. Two know, guns. The, the guy had two pistols. Yeah, so the first one he pulls the trigger, nothing happens. It misfires. So then the guy pulls another one with his you know, other hand, fires that one again, misfires. Like, what are the odds of two guns literally misfiring, which is insane. And at that point, Jackson's like, Oh no, you didn't, you know, and then starts just beating him, like Tom said, yeah. you know, with his cane. But actually, there is accounts of it, and I was able to kind of confirm that. There are pictures of it, So, Not more like
1: paintings. Well,
0: paintings. But next to Jackson was another guy that jumped in on the beating, and he was (laughs) none other than Davy Crockett.
1: Really? Davy Crockett was there?
0: Yeah, he was a congressman.
1: So Davy Crockett,
0: yeah, literally, like, got in on a fight and beat the guy up to, like, the Davy Crockett. And then another kind of, uh, you know, interesting tidbit here is that... Tom said this guy pleaded insanity. He thought he was like King Richard III and yeah, this kind of insane dude, but his lawyer, his defense was uh, none other than Francis Scott Key. Um, And Francis Scott Key is the guy that we know today from writing the Star Spangled Banner, which was eventually, you know, put into a music from an old drinking song and is now our. uh, Yeah. I always like all these
1: parts of history when you have stuff like this, when you have these like famous people that all kind of meet up, you know, it kind of reminds me of like an Avengers movie. You know, yeah. when you have, like, here we go. First, it starts out with Jackson, and then Crockett's there. Francis Scott Key, that's, like, when they recruit, like, you know, that's Captain insane. America, Iron Man, the Hulk, and they go and, you know, fight Loki. Like, it's just, that's like, insane. they're all coming together into, like, you know, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen type of stuff. I know it was a bad yeah. movie, but good, interesting book or premise, Actually, anyway. I mean, I don't remember.
0: I mean, from what I remember at the time, it wasn't that bad. But, yeah, they, so Francis Scott Key gets this guy – uh Insanity plea works out. Boom. Andrew Jackson lives. Andrew Jackson, as we know, is a, kind of an intense present anyway. The just, guy lived his whole life. Bit. Yeah, just the guy lived his whole life with like a bullet in him from a duel prior to it. So, you know, kind of looking at uh, around those times. You, you, Tom, you have anything else that like the olden times?
1: Well, we all um, – the olden times. What are you talking about? Um, <laughs> no, 1800s. 1700s. Like, we got other ones. Obviously, you had um, – you had ones dealing with, oh, well, we might as well talk about, we do know, Lincoln does eventually get assassinated, of but course. that wasn't the um, only plot against Lincoln. Um, there were other plots against him known as the Baltimore plot. There was a uh, conspiracy to elect him right after he was actually elect, um, inaugurated on his route to his inauguration, actually. And the Pinkerton uh, Defense Agency, medals Pinkerton Detectives, they came really big during the uh, the labor disputes. Um, mm-hmm. They played a key role. They They protected him there. Um, there's the famous account in August of 1864, though, when Lincoln is actually on a horse and couch coming through the woods, coming back to the uh, north from the White House. He was coming unguarded, just with him and like his, uh, you know, his uh, companions. And a sniper actually shoots his hat off. It's that famous top hat they always see Nick, yeah. uh, Nick Lincoln wearing. Yeah. And he actually shoots it off. And when Lincoln gets back, the private actually talks about it, and they uh, still so, all oh, he showed up without his hat, and uh, because a, a sniper actually shot it off. He said he was bareheaded because. Uh, the sniper was shot off, so he's just right there in 1864, and Lincoln could have been assassinated. See how like you know yep. close that happened. I mean, and if that assassination
0: interested. in itself. I mean, you know, when he actually was assassinated, that was the you know obviously uh, the successful assassination of a president, the first one of its kind. You know, Lincoln did not have a security. You know, he didn't have Secret Service. Did not really quite do what we said before. What he eventually did. You know, looking at uh, like 1800s as well. I guess we have one that you know is successful in 1800s, and that is the assassination of garfield right garfield, yeah he's, so james garfield 1881 baltimore out of um baltimore potomac train station he's on his way of vacation he was president for four months but the dude's like i need a vacation like, i'm tired and then what's kind of cool here is that you know he goes to the station um his carriage pulls up it's two teenage sons him his secretary of state and you know one of his cabinet members
1: just had a bad feeling that day, and he's like,
0: "Ah, yeah, yeah, maybe you shouldn't go and he's like, "No, no, no I gotta go, I gotta go." So he gets there
1: a writer lawyer by the name I might be pronouncing the last name wrong here but Charles- I think it's good to- Guiteau, Guiteau. Guiteau, yeah. yeah Charles J. Guteau shot him twice um with a what's called a Weebly British bulldog revolver, all right One of the bullets goes into his shoulder, the other pierces his back, and Garfield actually survives he's gravely wounded, but he survives for the next eleven weeks. And this, the next thing kind of goes um, back to what we we're talking about, how when on our first podcast, when Washington died from basically medical malpractice, the same thing happens here because these doctors are sticking their fingers in there, unsanitized. Yeah, they're trying like, to find a ste- the bullet. They're like, I trying think to find it's here. You know, they're they're <laughs> probing, looking for it. And they just did it with unsterilized fingers, unsterilized instruments. Again, you know, kind of unthinkable in today's world, definitely in the COVID world, right? Unsan- things being yeah. unsanitized. And they're just sticking their fingers in there and anything else they can find trying to find the bullet. And they're just lodging it deeper. And he really dies from a uh, septic shock just from all the, the bacteria yeah. and everything else is getting in there. They said that he would have easily survived easily. Yeah. If this was, um, you know, they said 19- he
0: missed all the major organs. Like yeah. he was, he, Modern I mean, he, day medicine, he
1: would have been fine. Yeah. He died from the yeah. infection, not from the, uh, the actual the wounds. And, you know, there's a
0: lot of interesting tidbits about this particular, um, murder as well. an assassination, you know, this is one that was successful, obviously, First of all, Guiteau was a, was a very Republican dude, and he tried to get a position in Garfield's cabinet. He's act- he actually spoke to Garfield a couple of times. He was this random guy that, again, back in the day, he just had an appointment with the president. And the president was like, yeah, no, dude, like, I,
1: you're not going to work for me. So yeah, he, wanted, he wanted to be the ambassador of France, I believe. Yeah. and uh, He was also bipolar. And they're saying that he probably had that from the effects of syphilis on the brain. They, they they found out he had syphilis on the brain, and he just couldn't handle the fact that he was rejected by um, Garfield. That he wanted to be this, you know, ambassador to France. So he just, you know, wanted to end it. He he, that was his thing. He wanted his revenge on Garfield, and he took it by shooting yeah.
0: him. Yeah, and you know, and what's uh, a very similar, you know, case that he also thought that God told him to do it. You know, God told me to do it once he was rejected. Yeah. He was, he, but the he way, way he forward. planned it, I mean, the way this guy planned it, he was thirty nine years old, right? He mm-hmm. stalked the president across Washington for a few weeks prior to this event. He planned. He, he
1: knew what, what he was going to do. He yeah, he definitely exactly knew what Garfield was target
0: going to do. practice. The gun that uh, Tom that you mentioned uh, it was an ivory handled gun, forty four caliber pistol. This thing was very expensive. He actually purposely bought that gun because he thought it would look good in a museum one day because of right. what he's going yeah, to. do. He really would be
1: famous because yes. he also thought that like Garfield owed him because he believed Garfield got elected because he actually wrote a um. Not a like speech like a speech. He wrote a speech, in, like a,
0: speech.
1: Yeah. Wrote a speech uh, not for Garfield, but in support of Garfield. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, this speech is why Garfield got elected it was because of my speech, so he owes me. That's why he was upset about not getting what he thought was his due by becoming the ambassador.
0: And then right before uh, the assassination, he also uh, toured the local jail near Baltimore because he figured that's where he's gonna wind up, so he kinda wanted to see where he's gonna I mean, this guy totally planned this out. You know, in his pocket during the assassination, he had a letter, you know, in the White House that he said, "Look, I'm sorry. Presidential death is bad, but like, I need to, you know, do what's right for the republic." And when he sneaks behind the president, and as you said, Tom, he shoots him twice. Basically, jumped right away. I mean, this is at a train station. People jump him, start beating him profusely. There's screams of "Lynch him! Lynch him!" Police has to literally protect this guy and take him out of there, and they do. And and then, as you mentioned, there's like ten doctors. Uh, basically are there within minutes and they're just, you know, he's laying, Garfield's laying on a dirty floor on a, in a train station and they're just turning him over, sticking the I mean, finger I mean, inside I mean, the you room. You had no
1: idea of sanitation no or that stuff. a lot of like, a lot of like that modern medicine or what we consider modern medicine doesn't come out until like this civil war even like is when they start doing some of that stuff that like they start realizing, Hey, maybe if we keep things clean, but really even in like world war one, there's yeah, I mean 1880s. Yeah, this is, yeah, this still, is 1880s. A, and this is so-, so they have no idea. I mean, I'm sure doctors that's not true. Doctors do have the idea, but a lot of them still don't believe it. Like, there's just still the time when they believe, hey, don't shower every day because it's good if your pores are clogged up. That keeps that keeps the sickness out.
0: There's one other interesting tidbit about this murder, and uh and that is the case that they couldn't find the bullet that was lodged in his back. They just couldn't find it. So they brought in while they're he's like you said, weeks. He's laying there, it's all in the newspapers, president's still, you know, in kind of bad shape. And uh Alexander Graham Bell, D. Alexander Graham Bell of telephone fame, had just invented what is essentially the, one of the first ever metal detectors.
1: Yeah, trying to find it.
0: Yeah. yeah, so he, you know, he contacts and he's already famous. So he, you know, he contacts the White House. And he's like, "Look, I, I have this metal detector. I think I could find this bullet." So people are kind of skeptical, but like, you know what? We don't want President to die. Bring him in. So he brings him in. You know, he uses this metal detector on Garfield to find a bullet exactly where it is, so they could get it out. What interferes with the reading is the fact that Garfield was laying on his bed that had metal springs in him, and it kept on interfering, giving a false positive on the reading. Again, yeah, I
1: remember, yeah, I remember. Bell hearing couldn't
0: that, even right. figure it out. He's like, I don't, I don't know why it's, it's, it's working. I tried it out. I don't know why it's not working. But he goes, but I think it's here. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's not good enough. And sure enough, actually, it was there after the autopsy. First of all, it was difficult to find a jury for Gato because everyone just wanted him dead. You know, so they're trying to find an impartial jury. It took him weeks. He was found guilty regardless of whether to try to claim insanity he actually was executed about a year and a day almost almost year to the day oh, the assassination um, after, after assassination and he's hanged right yeah they yeah they hung, him. they hung him so that's that's you know 1880s so the next assassination that kind of comes in is you know not that long after um and that is the assassination of William McKinley and that's in September of 1901 um, It happens at the Buffalo Pan-American Exposition. He is shot by Leon Cholgosh.
1: Yeah. Am I saying right? Yeah. You, you, would, you would know it more than me. You have that uh, Eastern I have that European Polish background a little more than I do. I bring. have that Polish thing going.
0: So this guy's an anarchist. Um, he's at the Pan-American Exposition. You know, Spanish-American War just ended. McKinley is actually riding high. Technically, because of the Spanish-American War, we kind of stall Spain's empire. And all of a sudden, the United States is a global empire for the first time ever. Actually, when he arrives there, they have fireworks that spell out, Welcome, President McKinley, chief of our nation and our empire. Very specific with that last word. Some staff members, um, he's there for a few days, are very much skeptical about this last Meeting or the last uh, appearance, and mainly because the idea was that here is the president and he's going to stand, and there's going to be a line of people and they're going to be able to come up and shake the president's hand.
1: Yeah, and this is some something of his that friends, did, it, again, that's like, not going to fly today, yeah.
0: Yeah. Some of his friends are like, Yeah, that's not a right. Even back then, they're like, That's not the right thing to do. And um he's like, No, no, that's going to be okay.
1: Well, they said that anarchist comes over, he has revolver, and he actually has it concealed underneath a, hang- a handkerchief so they mm-hmm. couldn't see it anyway. So as he goes to uh, shake McKinley's hand, the first bullet he fires actually um, it hits him, but it ricochets off uh, one of his award medals that he's mm-hmm. wearing, and it lodges in his sleeve. Yep. And the second one actually pierces his stomach. He gets injured, but he actually looks like he's actually recovering early on. But then again, uh, his condition declines uh, really rapidly because uh, gangrene sets in around the wound. stomach. In yep. his stomach, yeah. And then also, his stomach, that's just tricky when you get a wound in the stomach like that. So he winds up dying on September 14th, 1901. All right, so a few days later. Mm-hmm. Basically, same thing. Uh, members of the crowd, someone by the name of uh, James Benjamin Parker, Big Jim. actually, Big Jim, Big Jim yeah. yeah, Big Jim, what they call, actually subdued and captured uh, the anarchist. And a bunch of the National Guard jumps in. Uh, police intervene because they believe he was. Um, severely beaten he was uh beaten so badly they thought he couldn't even stand trial again he was beaten within like an inch of his life yep. by the people right there by big yep. jim and all of these national guardsmen and the police had to stop it and they quickly actually rushed to trial only 10 di- only 10 days after um uh, mckinley was killed they rushed to trial because they're afraid he's not he was going he was going to die before it- before they could yeah. send him on trial what they were worried yep. about yeah
0: yeah so McKinley gets shot. Um, James Big Jim Parker is a tall African-American guy. He's waiting in line. He's directly behind Cholgosh. You know, once this whole thing starts to happen, he's the one that kind of attacks him first. And McKinley, as he's laying there, he, one of the first things he says is, you know, my wife, please be careful how you tell her. Uh, you know, he's thinking yeah. about his wife. At the he was, moment. Uh, yeah, he
1: was worried about his wife there. Yeah.
0: Right. And then, you know, they take him to like a small clinic hospital at the exposition. And the only doctor they could find is a gynecologist. And, you know, this this the only doctor that literally is around this, you know, Pan-American exposition at that moment. And they're like, well, we got to have emergency surgery. So his gynecologist gives him his you know emergency surgery. The first bullet went right through his stomach. So the guy kind of cleaned the wound the best he could and let it be. And the other one that lodges in the sternum, he just couldn't find it. Um, so they kind of left the bullet in there. Basically stayed the bullet stayed in him till the end. And it seemed like he was doing better, like you said, Tom. And um, he was actually doing so well afterwards. TR, you know, Teddy Roosevelt, who con- was very controversial. He was even vice president at the time. Not a lot of people knew him. They thought that they would make Teddy Roosevelt the vice president to kind yeah, of shut him up. Shut him
1: up, right? Yeah, make him obsolete.
0: Yeah, because they thought the vice presidents really don't do anything. You not do him
1: power, make him happy. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah.
0: Um, so TR actually takes off on a on a trip. You know, he goes to the Adirondacks. He's like, you know what, I am positive. You know, he's interviewed by a newspaper. He's like, I'm positive. The president's gonna be fine. I'm going on a trip. You know, that was not a good idea because as you said, gangrene kind of formed in the walls of McKinley's stomach, led to massive blood poisoning, and he dies within hours. Uh two fifteen AM, September 14th. Yeah,
1: once gangrene sets in, that's like that's it. There's nothing that's really gonna, gonna yeah. save you at that point, especially back then. And,
0: so Cholosch is um, found guilty, and he is executed by the electric chair. Electric
1: chair, yeah. So it shows that you know, increasing of in uh, capital punishment technology, right? Yeah, and right? so they're going to um, the electric chair now.
0: And Teddy Teddy Roosevelt becomes president, and that's history in itself. Oh, and also, that's the
1: secret- podcast in itself. Yeah, that changes everything.
0: Um, and then you know, Secret Service, as we know it, kind of is you know starts at that current yeah. moment. You might say Co- you Congress
1: know. directed the Secret Service to protect the president um, from that point forward. Yep. And it's not just the president. It's the president's immediate family, um, the children, uh, the vice president, same thing. Vice they're, president, yeah. And it's for life. It's not even when they leave office. He's going to yeah. see some of these other attempts happen. They're at, uh, on in life, some former of these presidents. Yep. And uh, they are protected for life. It's, it doesn't end when their term ends.
0: Yep. I read a book on um, Five Presidents. Or something along those lines, but the, the the Secret Service guy, by Clint Hill. I'm almost positive it was like five presidents. My extraordinary journey, and I think it goes. Now I, th- I think it was Ike. Actually, it was Ike, Kennedy, Johnson, Nixon, and
1: that f- makes sense. Ford, probably yeah, Ford for it a works. bit, yeah. Because Ford was, yeah, mentioned. Ford for a bit.
0: And we'll get to Ford today, actually, no podcast. But uh, you know, the next guy that has an attempt on at him is actually, I think we should talk about it because we just did, and that's Teddy Roosevelt, even though he's no longer president. At the time of this attempt, I think it, it's kind of interesting to bring this up because it's yeah. kind of really, you know, This is intense. one that,
1: that people do know of this one. I mean, I guess if you follow history or follow anything about Roosevelt because Roosevelt becomes such a popular figure, yeah. this assassination attempt definitely adds to that folklore of Roosevelt as the bull moose. Definitely, yeah. this, is, this definitely does that.
0: October 4th, 1912, unprecedented. He is running for a third term, not consecutive. He was already yeah. president. He stepped down as being president. Taft becomes president after him. And, you know, Teddy Roosevelt kind of feels like Taft's not really doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's like, you know, I'm coming back. He comes back starting a whole new party, right? He calls it a bull moose party, progressive party. And actually, he's the one that kind of brought, the reason why Wilson gets elected because, you know, he splits party vote. It
1: takes the vote but, right?
0: you know, he's running for president. And John Schrank is a ex-bartender. He basically decides that he doesn't like the president. Well, ex president or potential future president.
1: He thought he was doing something to help McKinley too, right? Yep. Wasn't that something to do with him? Like he uh, was like,
0: was it? I don't know.
1: Yeah, that was something that I read. Um, that he thought he was like avenging McKinley. Not that Roosevelt had anything to do with it, but he just thought like by by shooting Roosevelt, he was avenging the death of McKinley. It was obviously oh, you know no. messed up in his head, but
0: yeah, that's interesting. which is a common
1: theme a lot of these a yeah. lot of these individuals.
0: Yeah. So here he is, and you know. He's about to give this big speech, about a 90-minute speech altogether. It was like a 50-page speech he had in his pocket, which is, thank goodness. Um, yeah, <laughs> it over in his pocket, like?
1: yeah,
0: Yeah. so this guy fires at TR, right, at Teddy Roosevelt. The bullet pierces his eyeglass and the 50-page speech and penetrates his skin, actually goes into him uh, between his ribs. The guy, you know, people jump on this guy to beat him up. They arrest him. As you mentioned before, the folklore, the idea is, you know, Teddy Roosevelt's like, well, I'm not going. I have a speech to give, so he actually starts the speech with, "Well, I have just been shot, but it takes yeah. more than that to kill a bull moose." <laughs> and everyone, goes says, like, his... up.
1: And everyone yeah. yes, he goes on to talk for like what, four minutes, bleeding. Yeah. yeah, well, he was literally uh, what bleeding it, through his what shirt. Talks about too, yeah, is that see Roosevelt? Anyone who knows him, he was an avid hunter, so he knew that since the um, he wasn't coughing up blood, it didn't probably hit anything vital. So he's like, I can just hang out here. I'm going to bleed, but I'm, I won't bleed out. I'm not yeah. coughing up blood so it didn't hit my lungs or anything. Yeah. So he just says, I'm going to come here. I'm going to stay here. And he gives his speech for the next 84 minutes. And he knew, too, giving this speech after you was just shot, people are going to think, well, this guy is, you know, everything he says he is. I mean, he, if his image was the tough guy and he he just got shot in the chest and he's bleeding, like blood is soaking through his his shirt sure. as he's yeah. giving the speech for the next 84 minutes, people are going to be like, well, listen, if this guy – obviously knows what he's talking about. He obviously Literally, is born leader. Yeah, this guy, he's a god, he's a management. He's a bull moose. Oh, you know, like that this just added to Roosevelt's legacy. And they say not only because he had that um the speech folded over and he had the metal um uh eyeglass case in his chest pocket, but also it hit him in the chest. And Roosevelt was actually really built, especially for guys at that time because he was so sick when he was younger. He actually was one of these first uh, individuals who really was into like weight training and weightlifting. Yeah. So he actually had a good a couple pounds of muscle there. So that's another reason why that it just slowed the bullet down enough that it w- didn't hit anything important. Yeah. It was alive.
0: And you're right. It was, um, I do remember reading that now that the guy thought that McKinley came to him in, his in a dream
1: or something like the dream. And
0: it was like, yeah, you're right. Like he pointed out to that's the guy. And he was found, um, he was found insane. And actually he was not killed.
1: Yeah. He was institu- He was, uh, institutionalized and he winds up dying. I believe in 1943, and just, you know, living living out in a mental hospital, which again something that happens a lot. Like a lot of these presidential um assassins or would be assassins don't um wind up even like getting out or uh you know the ones that aren't killed themselves wind up just, you know, be, going mental asylums basically of the time. If yeah. they're not killed right right away yeah. or by someone else.
0: you know the next one that I have, unless I missed a, a one, and this one this doesn't really even get close, but it's still considered a, a failed attempt, was on Herbert Hoover do you have anything in between that that I missed? Um, there was
1: one. There was one on Taft. Okay. All it basically was uh, is that it was dealing with uh, Taft going to a summit in El Paso, Texas. Mm-hmm. And it was going to – it was actually important because it was going to be – it was the first uh, meeting between a U.S. president and a Mexican president. Um, and it was the first time an American president actually crossed the border into Mexico. And they wanted to show support because um, – The uh, Mexican president, uh, Profelo Diaz, was running for an eighth run as president, right? And TAF agreed to support him. So they would kind of figure out where they wanted to um, have this, you know, meeting. And both sides were really nervous about having these two together. They've sent over like 4,000 U.S. Texas Rangers down. All right, there was like 6,000 Mexican troops, U.S. special agents, FBI, and they're all there to provide um, security. And they actually are able to, catch this one individual that actually uh, planned a, this, they don't say the guy's name, but they did catch it. The Battle of
0: Waterloo was one of the most famous turning points in world history. But what happened next? My name's David Montgomery, and I'm the host of The Siecle, a history podcast that tackles exactly that. Join me as I cover
1: France's overlooked century in between Napoleon and World War I. The SIECLE, spelled S-I-E-C-L-E, is part of the Evergreen Podcast
0: Network and can be found wherever you get podcasts.
1: A guy that was holding a concealed palm pistol in his hand, and he was trying to get into the um, El Paso Chamber of Commerce building, uh, which was along the progression route. And he later says he was planning on going up into the window there and just waiting for the uh, car to come by and just shoot at it. I don't know if, how much damage that pistol would have yeah. done, but uh, he was actually arrested. He, w- he would have been only like less than 10 feet away from Taft and Diaz. He was arrested by two detectives, uh, Berman and Moore. Um, so they did stop it. Whether or not it would have been successful, that was the closest that anything ever happened to Taft. Yeah. Again, there's probably many, many more that people plan. They don't even get that far. But this one actually, the guy had the gun. They just caught him before he got into the building.
0: Yeah, and there's a couple other small ones that are very similar to that. That it just never really was carried out, but it got close. One was Herbert Hoover. Yeah. Uh, he was visiting Argentina, so also out of the country. Um, anarchists try to blow up his train, and they were stopped before anything happens. But Herbert Hoover, because um, it just makes front pages, you know, front page in Argentina at the time in some of the newspapers. You know, when he brings the newspaper back home, he rips the front page off because he didn't want his wife to see it. But that was an attempt on at his life.
1: Yeah, I was kind of surprised with that when Pete like this is it's 1928, but like during the depression, you figure like more people would want to kill Hoover, like just like yeah. with, like a disgruntled losing their job, you know. How he was being blamed for it in the depression, but like I guess people have more important things to worry about than trying to kill the president. Yeah, like, you think about a like, guy what, what he did with the Bonus Army, like you figure yeah. like someone would try to someone radical would do. A, we, need to do a, we definitely need to to do one on
0: the Bonus Army. That's an interesting one. And, but uh, uh, Jimmy Carter had another like kind of well, similar. skip it all the way up. Going yeah, like I just Carter kind of skipped now. a little bit, but so, I, just, I feel like it, it – All right, so kids,
1: kids who are listening, to this, we are not going exactly in chronological order here. Do not think that Hoover no. was followed by Carter. Yeah, uh, no, yeah no. Carter was like people 79. Are gonna be, people are yeah, going yeah. you know, to get confused. My students all the time still think it goes from Lincoln to Obama. So let's just make sure. let's just make calm down a little bit. Yeah,
0: I, I is a college student. Um, yeah. So uh, no, Jimmy Carter, I'm jumping here, but I'm jumping because it kind of fits with the, the mold. Um, very much similar to Taft and Hoover. It never really got close to hurting them. Um, because it was stopped before, and that's why I'm bringing it up. But in you in know, May 5th, 1979, police arrest this drifter, um, Raymond Lee Harvey, outside of the civil um, Civic Center. No uh, relation to Lee Harvey Oswald. I thought that no, was kind of no weird. Relation How crazy yeah, it was kind of weird. I saw that, right? Basically, Carter was about to give a speech, and they called this guy. He had a starter pistol, and he admitted that he wanted to kill Carter. So He, it, he,
1: he was playing this for a while. Yeah, and it was, listed, apparently
0: yeah. He had some friends. And- he said he
1: had four people that they were planning to go do this. And one guy's name was Julio. But when they yeah. investigated, that was not the guy's name. But yeah, uh, yeah he, he definitely had some mental illness. But yeah, he did, it didn't really get too far, but he did have this plan. And at least in his mind, it was very, uh, he was target practicing and stuff like that. Yeah. Trying to get ready.
0: So again, the reason I bring that up you know, in this cluster because it was very similar. They never really got close. So let's kind of go back a little bit, I guess, right? So we went from Hoover, and then we kind of jumped around a little bit. But there's also Truman. I mean, that's well, my next that, one that's, Before
1: we get to Truman, how about we look at some FDR? Because I found some interesting oh, – FDR was got shot. But then the, the other guy got shot right next to him. Yeah. Well, there's, there was another one right, too with FDR. Did you, um, there was some interesting ones obviously with uh, FDR. Um, you want me to go into some FDR yeah, stuff? Yeah, if yet? you want
0: to go into FDR. That's, that's right, so right. what happened with him
1: is uh, it was 17 days after he um, was inaugurated when uh, Giuseppe Zenegra all right, fired mm-hmm. five shots at him when he was in uh, Miami, Florida. And he didn't mm-hmm. shoot Walt Roosevelt. And the reason this one probably doesn't get as much of a press is because they don't think he was maybe even aiming for Roosevelt at yep. the time. Right, he actually killed the Chicago mayor, um, mm-hmm. Anton Cermak, and um, he was killed. And five other people were actually wounded, pled guilty to killing the mayor, and was executed in the electric chair. Um, and they think that he was probably – that was his main target. And they don't even know that he even knew that the president necessarily was going to um, be there. But what it throws in again, we talk about how these history people get thrown in. Is that um, another theory is that the attempt was probably made ordered by at the time the imprisoned Al Capone because Cermak was really big in getting out led down the crackdown on the um, organized crime in Chicago. So that it was probably Al Capone ordered the killing, and you know said, don't kill the president. Make sure you kill this other guy. Make sure you kill Cermak, um, and that's probably what they thought there. <laughs> with um roosevelt and it was actually another roosevelt one that um is they made apparently it's very you we didn't hear about it too much in the west because the west pretty much denies that it ever happened um mm-hmm. and it was that at the tehran conference when stalin roosevelt and churchill were meeting up in 1943 that yeah. the, supposedly the Soviets said that they stopped a assassination attempt by the nazis to wipe out all three leaders that these um, And they have made movies and novels. It's a huge story in Russia, apparently. Um, the British say it never happened. The Germans say they never had such plan. They would have loved to do it, but they never sent anybody to do it. And the Americans are just like, that's just something that the Russians would say. The Soviets would do. <laughs> like, just me- mention okay. that. Because all the information, it was all these documents on it, but none of it is from anyone else. All the records are just from the Soviets. But it was kind of interesting. And they make movies about that. They made movies about it in um russia just a few years ago there was like this thriller that was all based on it and how they saved roosevelt and churchill and stalin from being assassinated And really it's debated whether or not it happened or not they, they said that's that that's what it was yeah it, it's, it's interesting when i would like to like you know look in more but i didn't have time to look into it too into much it, yeah. but uh it's one of those things especially when the germans say that never happened like yeah. to, <laughs> they're like, they were like we would have left to kill the three of them but we have no means to get people to tehran to uh to do this. And especially yeah. in 1943, yeah, they were kind of worried about, you know, the Reich falling at that point. And,
0: and then, you know, Truman who, who follows, uh, you know, FDR, uh, there's two attempts. One, they, they try to send him bombs, you know, cause he was very much pro Israel and the creation of Israel. And um, some groups that were against that um, send him, mailed him literally bombs to the white house, which were disarmed obviously before they got anywhere near him. Uh, the other one is interesting too, is be, it was November 1st, 1950. Truman moves out of the White House temporarily because he's fixing it up. Actually, when you look at history records, the White House was in really bad shape when Truman moved into it. They said it was like you know water was leaking through the roof. It was just a mess. It was like
1: disgusting, especially for like the president of the of the you know United States, the leader of the free world, to be living in there. The Cold War's going on. We gotta look good have you know have that. Yeah, it can't be going on like that.
0: So he's like, you know, we got to fix this. And when they fixed it, they didn't like paint it. I mean, they literally gutted the entire inside, meaning they took out floors. You would have excavators inside the White House. The outside shell is the same. A lot of people don't know that. But the inside, they literally like excavated it out. It was like an empty shell. But that's the they really makes
1: up putting in a lot of the security measures that the White House yep. has. Like today, Like starts to go in, I believe, at that time also.
0: Yeah. And then, like, you know, eventually Johnson puts in a fresco machine, you know, like a water fountain with fresco. Oh,
1: did Nixon put in a bowling alley?
0: He did, yeah. yeah. Um, here you have Truman. He's living at Blair House. Uh, you know, Blair House is his temporary, you know, place he's staying at while this is getting fixed. White House getting fixed. And two Puerto Rican national, Oscar Colazo and Grisel- Griselio Turesla. Yeah, I think it's Tereslo, I'm Tereslo, pronouncing yeah. that probably right. But essentially, what they do is they they think they're going to assassinate a president. They get through the front door. You know, Griselio uh, kills an officer guarding the house. But what's kind of cool is that as this officer gets shot and he's getting he's killed, as he's falling, he manages to get one shot out. And the one shot that he gets off hits Griselio's head. It's a headshot and kills him. So this, this you know, Secret Service guy that just got shot by this assassin, as he's falling, his body's falling, he managed to get a shot out, kills the assassin. The other assassin runs away. There's a shootout truman actually goes to the window and he's watching this whole thing and the secret service like what are you doing mr president get away from the window he's like no i want to see what's going on and um he kind of watched this whole shootout that was happening in the street in front of the house um from his window and then eventually they catch this guy and they're like all right well we're gonna kill him you know he's gonna be we're gonna basically execute him and harry truman's like nah let's just let's just give him life in jail you know and then they do and the irony in that is that Jimmy Carter. Actually, paroles this dude, right? He paroles this dude. Yeah. Time served. Uh, yeah, after before time served, when Jimmy Carter becomes president, he's like, ah, oh, it's fine. Paroles him, and then the guy goes to Cuba, and he gets an award from Castro <laughs> for trying to
1: uh, try, trying try to kill Truman. Him. You know, twenty years
0: uh, earlier, rather. So yeah, you know, after Truman, I didn't really have anything for Ike. Did you have anything for Ike?
1: No, surprisingly, I I, I thought there would be something with Ike, especially with everything was going was Too busy on, but, playing golf, you know. He was but, just um, playing golf. Yeah, also, you know, he's a, he's a World War II general, so they probably just figured, you know what?
0: <laughs> Don't mess with
1: that guy. Even <laughs> be you know, country everyone was liking the country, right? G.I. Bill of Rights, all that good stuff. Yeah.
0: You know, I think we could talk about some of the Ken- – you know, there was a, a Kennedy assassination attempt in November of 63. And no, we're not talking about that one. Yes. Um, there was also one, one. in um, December
1: also, 1960. Oh, was it?
0: Uh, yeah, I didn't know that. I know there was the November 2nd one. Um, you want to talk a little bit about the December one?
1: Well, it was – all it basically was was um, apparently while vacationing in Florida, um, he was there. This is December 11th, 1960. He was um, there and he was threatened by a man named um, Richard Pavlik. He was a 73-year-old former postal worker that basically just hated Catholics.
0: He went postal, didn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, he was former, former, but he hated Catholics. <laughs> so his plan was he packed his um, car, his Buick, full of dynamite. And he was going to drive it right into Kennedy. But um, apparently he decided not to after he saw Kennedy's um, had his wife and daughter with him. So he decided not to I do that. I
0: did. You're right. I did read about that.
1: So um, he winds up so – I guess I don't know how to horror. The whole idea of like women and children, that was still that thing even in the six with these psychopaths, you know, like let's be nice to women and children. So he winds up getting pulled over three days later by the Secret Service because he's still in that area. But for, um, there's a driving violation and he still has the car packed with dynamite. Nice. So they arrest him. And then he was uh, put in a mental hospital, um, after that, because he was, during this time too, he was still threatening Kennedy's life. So like, we have to just arrest this guy and keep him there. And, um, he winds up getting out of jail just, uh, 10 days before, um, Kennedy actually is assassinated in 63.
0: And then the other one on November 2nd, uh, 1963, it's Chicago soldiers field. He was going to go see a game, r versus air force. Uh, on the agenda for Kennedy and one of the secret service guys was undercover with this one group of nationals um i think they were cuban nationals actually they were attempting or trying to assassinate Kennedy while he was at soldiers field in chicago however one of the people in a hotel like one of the cleaning ladies in a hotel managed to notice that there was a bunch of machine guns and guns with scopes on the bed in a hotel room and she called the police so while the secret service was kind of really trying to get all these people. While this lady called the police, the FBI gets there and kind of butchers the whole operation. And these guys escape, you know, because the FBI kind of jumped the gun a little bit, no pun intended there. um, The Secret Service, you know, the guys get away. And ultimately, you know, Kennedy cancels his, you know, visit altogether. Mm -hmm. He's like, well, if these guys are still out there, I'm not going. And there was another guy that same day that is pulled over on the same route, which the president would be driving by. And he has an M1 rifle, a handgun, 3,000 rounds of ammo. And ironically, he's an ex-marine who trained at the same marine base in Japan at the same time as Lee Harvey Oswald. And he also admits to wanting to kill the president. This is all happening in early November before, obviously, the, you know, faithful. Not sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he gets assassinated three weeks later. Again, that could be a podcast on all itself, but we're trying to focus on some of the less known
1: it's on all these point. attempts because you know it's obviously a job where you get a lot of attention you you attract the attention of these mentally ill or these psychopaths or just people that want to have their own agenda um and it attracts that attention. that's one reason why they have that secret service, the fact that it took so long for that to be put in place, and you know these are just some of the ones that were made public. A lot of these weren't made public at the time, they don't become known until much later. Um, and you know, there's probably ones that we will never really fully know about too.
0: Yep, absolutely. Gerald Ford trip to uh, Sacramento, California, September 1975. And I feel like Gerald Ford gets a bad rep, you know, ever since he like fell down the
1: right away, stage. yeah. Then Chevy <laughs> Chase he's doing that and that live. Like yeah, he picked up the something. wrong phone and not. Yeah, yeah and then like, he, just, he just got betrayed as. Well, he was also disliked because his first major thing was pardoning Nixon, and people yeah, were just like, come on. Absolutely. So, But you knew that was going to happen, too. And, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he um, wasn't well liked. But really, the reason he was attempted, some people said, to kill him wasn't really because of that. I was, no, no, sure no. It was no. no, it was, no.
0: Um, the guy that, that, um, that tried to kill him was a woman. Um, I mean, yeah. Two Lynette, Lynette Frome, from, her nickname was Squeaky.
1: Did yeah, we know she who gave right. her that nickname?
0: Charles that. Manson.
1: Charles Manson, yeah. She was a uh, Manson, Manson family member. So he said, again, you're getting all these crazy, like, people from history all coming, like, converging together. This can be a – they should just make a movie about all this. Like, Quentin Tarantino has to go and make one of these movies dealing with all this yeah. stuff. You know, like, just how, like, Manson tells us when you go kill Ford and this is going on. And then he goes after, you know, Shannon Tate Talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with some of this craziness yeah. that's, like, going on, you know?
0: So, you have, you know, so she's the follower of Charles Manson. She's like, I'm going to get the president. And same thing. She's kind of in the crowd and she comes out. She's got a a clip, a magazine, and her gun that is holding um, four bullets bullets. in it. But there was none in the actual firing chamber. So, when she pressed the trigger, nothing happens. And before she gets a chance to press another one, Secret Service man Larry Bondoroff jumps between the president and, you know, kind of brings her to the ground, takes her gun, and that's the end of the whole think. you know this same thing a week later president's still in sacramento and um he comes out of this hotel and shots ring out they miss him by inches they say it was was a woman that shot him it was a marine in the crowd that that subdues her yes yeah no so it's two women that try to assassinate gerald ford uh within one week
1: um and they both wind up getting paroled shortly after ford actually dies in um 2007 2006 yeah. yeah
0: So Gerald Ford, all right. After Gerald Ford, um, I guess we have we, Ronald Reagan.
1: We talked about Carter, yes. There would be Reagan, which is by yeah. this one people are more aware of, obviously, because he, um, it was the whole thing was caught on tape more, you know, uh, people yeah. watching it, they saw it, um, and also Reagan survives, which, um,
0: I mean, Reagan's kind of, yeah, it's another thing. It was, it was a tough, this guy's. He's like 70. <laughs> he literally has a coll- – I mean, you know how it feels. You've had a collapsed lung, you know? He's yeah, 70. Not. He has a collapsed lung, but he walked into the George Washington University Hospital under his own power. Like, I mean, Tom, I mean, you could probably relate. Not to the 70 part, but,
1: you know. Well, collapsed. you have your adrenaline pump. And I, I don't want to get too much here, but I remember when mine popped away and I did finish my – I was at the gym at the time. I did finish my workout. <laughs> I didn't do <laughs> cardio. I was like, hey, something, something's not right. I'm not going to say- I'm going to skip cardio today, but uh, I finished. I finished my uh, my sets before I uh, went home. Yeah, that's then it started. You know, really, I remember. Yeah, they, it was um, when the doctor said uh, you have a collapsed lung. I was like, I have like a second opinion. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah. they're like, they're like, no, here's the X-ray. That's the, the surgeon's on his way. The surgeon actually had to leave his uh, kid's birthday party. <laughs> the emergency yeah. surgery. That's crazy.
0: Imagine, and this guy's
1: seventy. He's, He's like, 70, I, got yeah, it. I don't like it. Too. It's nothing to do with me. Yeah, yeah but yeah, the You're surgery. Like Seventeen. Nineteen, nineteen, No, 20. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Not, 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 not yeah, come on. But he had, a lot of, he had a lot of internal bleeding. Um, and he was close to death when he got there. They said he was, yeah. you know, if it wasn't for the medical at the time they had the best doctors ready, he probably would have um, died. And this is supposed yeah. to be what Reagan's, like, uh, wit. They always talked about this and his comedic timing. Like, right when they were about to, like, put him under and operate on him, he said that he hoped the surgeon was a Republican.
0: Yeah. And then the surgeon said to him, today, Mr. President, we're all Republicans. Yeah, yeah. But well, just kinda of a little background. It's March thirtieth, nineteen eighty one, Hilton Hotel. Um, this is not even supposed to be a, a big relevant speech. He goes and he has a speech for the building and construction union. He walks out to his limousine and the reporters all over there are trying to ask him questions. Some ladies screaming, President Reagan, President Reagan and this guy's um John Hinckley Junior, thirty year old dude. Well,
1: actually, um, um I sorry I up he yeah, wanted to he wanted to kill Carter. He planned on killing Carter, but he lost his nerve. And then, uh, and then, he, when you know Carter loses to Reagan, he's like, "Well, now I gotta kill Reagan." And he, right, his whole reason for doing this was to impress one individual. I'm sure you saw that, right?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> this guy, yeah, so this guy, and we'll get to that in a second. And we'll, actually, I want to bring something about Carter as well. Um, I feel like I'm in class. So it happens to me all the time. I just go yeah, off on yeah. tangent. You get um, my F- that's,
1: all it, is. that's yeah, all it is.
0: but uh. Uh, you know, Carter was kind of you know he's kind of an intense, dude as well. He at one point it was like a melting reactor or something for when Carter three, was uh, in the Navy. Yeah, three mile island. Well, he he yeah, went no, to Yeah, but now. No, I'm talking about when he was on a yeah, ship. Yeah. And he they're like, there. someone's got to go he, in there and shut this off. And he's, he's like, it, yeah. he's like, I got it, I could do it. And uh, you know, so he goes in there. I mean, they pass Matt Suit him and stuff, and but he goes in to shut off this reactor or something. Along the line. and again, I'm sure someone's going to find the the right words for this and you know consider me ignorant, but at the time. Um, He goes in there and, and you know, he f- saves this ship, but apparently he's got, like, diarrhea for, like, six months after that. You know, this guy's kind of an intense dude himself. But anyway, so let's come back again. I feel like I'm in my classroom. Yeah, come back, come um, back. So Ronald Reagan, right? Five feet away. John Hinckley Jr. Is there. He shoots numerous times. Uh, there's three people that are struck by gunfire. Six shots total fired. Um, one kind of ricochets itself off the side of the door hits the president in his left underarm because he was lifting his left, you know, arm and hand He's waving. Waiting, yeah. yeah, that's what punchers his lung, serious internal bleeding. As you're saying, Tom, like, you know, this guy's 70. People are like, oh, crap. Like, this, you, this might be bad. Rush to the hospital. And as you said, Hinkley, uh had watched the movie Taxi Driver that came out in 1976 in which, in this particular movie, you have Robert Redford that is trying to impress um, Sybil Shepherd, I think, and Jodie Foster. Sure. And he was Jody in love he played, was Yeah, Jodie Foster played like this teenage, essentially a hooker. Yeah, and he tries to. He was you know, obsessed with he her. To, he had yeah. He, try, tried he was fighting her.
1: her, He was he trying to him. like, you know, communicate with her for for a long time, and he thought that by killing the president, he would become famous, and that would actually impress her. Like, wow, that that that's awesome. Now that, let's date. Um, yeah. I don't think he's aware, and. Um, actually jodie foster <clears throat> um would never be that impressed with him not just for killing uh the president oh. but also the fact that she is a lesbian so he, yep. he didn't really have he didn't really have much of a uh shot with her anyway but um but uh yeah and i know um yeah. family guy actually you know family guy always does those little yeah. side clips whatever they actually did one where uh I forget like what Peter Griffin said, but he said something and then I was like, This is just like when Hinckley tried to impress Jody Foster and actually shows that, like shows Hinckley shooting Reagan, and then Foster's mm-hmm. walking down the street and she's just like, Wow, that was really impressive. And it just goes back to the other thing, but you know, I'm sure he would he would like that.
0: So this guy's uh, he's got a pathological obsession with the movie, with Jody Foster. He is found not guilty by reason of insanity. Um, you know, I mean, he's still put him in jail, but not, by not guilty I mean they don't um, yeah, he, he, he was people. allowed on. He actually just. Hey, they don't just, kill him.
1: Yeah, they they don't, know, don't kill 2016. 2016. 2016 is allowed out, but he has to be under. He has to stay with his mother. I think yeah, he, he lives got, with his mom. He did get in trouble. I think he went back for a little bit because he wasn't supposed to. He's not even allowed to have any pictures of Jordy Foster. And he actually um, did write a letter to her when he was released. Like a, like apologizing and you know saying if you still want to be friends that's okay. What? And then uh, it never was sent, but the fact that they found out that he he did write it and he was going to send it. Uh, he did get in trouble for that, but um, they said as of um, 2020, he was petitioning that he didn't have to. He didn't want to have to stay in his mother's house anymore. He has to live with his mother. As for the conditions, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he has to, she not, has to check in not. every every couple of weeks with, with you know his parole office and stuff like that. He's petitioning for that to stop. And they're saying, no, nope, that's probably not going to happen. But he's, he's not allowed to have any pictures of Jodie Foster, no communication. He can't watch any of her movies. Like, there's a whole list of all the things he's not allowed to do. He's still obviously mentally unstable. Wow. But still alive. No, still alive. Hinckley yeah. is still alive. Living in his mom. I think
0: they're mm-hmm. in Virginia. Living in his mom's basement. Um. So let's get to uh, G.W. Bush.
1: George H.W. Um, Bush, right?
0: Oh, I was going to do W Bush. Oh, this one on
1: H W Bush too. The the daddy. Talk
0: about another tough guy. I mean, this guy's insane. Well, yeah, um, yeah. You know, fighter pilot That's during fighter World pilot. War II. Was super down family. At, uh, <laughs>
1: uh, not coral sea. He gets shut
0: down. Lives with the sharks, for, you know, for a night. Um, he's like seventeen years old. You know, he had money. He didn't even have. I mean, he didn't really have to go. But anyway, so he's president. What do you got for H
1: W? Well, this is another one that. I- it's out there, um, but again, a lot of people don't say it actually, it maybe didn't happen, maybe it didn't, because it, everything comes from Kuwait. That um, after uh, Bush left office, that he actually did go to Kuwait. Um, and that there was this 14-man uh, assassination squad sent by Saddam Hussein to smuggle bombs into Kuwait to plant on Bush's car. That when he went to visit uh, Kuwait University in January of 1993, and supposedly they, um, the Kuwait officials and the Kuwaiti secret service um, foiled this uh, plot. Um, and there were there actually was suspects that were arrested, and but they both later um, after the trial re, re retracted their confessions. They said they were beaten and coerced to you know say that that's what we were doing. Um, but but uh, it's, to
0: make the Ku- you know Kuwait army look good in the sense. Well, they look good, and
1: also they're saying it was. Um, Part then they kind of set the stage because a lot of people were saying that when Bill Clinton actually launched his cruise missiles at an Iraqi intelligence building in Bad Dag, shortly after that, um, they were saying that he might have done that in retaliation for the attempt on uh, Bush's life. Hmm. So that's, well, that's one also people
0: like, right. like, you know, people at the time, I remember you know, around 2003, people claimed that's why you know, Baby Bush went into uh, I call him Daddy Bush and Baby Bush. Yeah. Um, you know, Baby Bush went into Iraq is to avenge his father. That was, that well, yeah, was, one that was a big, big day
1: He of the finish with his dad. Yeah. that cost uh, Bush the election, not when the economy tanked, but um, yeah, that could, the fact that he, you know, we fight this war in Persian Gulf, which again, something we can do. later and He did on. well. But, I
0: mean, you know, his actually after the war, considering the fact that we got, again, we're going side tangent because we're history teachers, but you know, considering the war, the war actually ended favorably in the sense that um, yeah, people I, are like, wow,
1: like it's yeah, still it another was, Vietnam. This is all right. But, it's just, but Hussein was still there, so
0: uh let's get to uh baby bush george w bush may 10th 2005 he's in georgia and not as in the state of georgia he's in like the ex-soviet republic of georgia um and he is there meeting with the georgian president he's about to give a speech and um this this guy vladimir i forgot his last name basically it's this guy throws a grenade
1: um it's vladimir (laughs) Argirian. yes he throws a life grenade at the
0: president and at the time yeah yeah, and and at the time actually you know again this is 2005 so it's not like bush is kind of just sitting there and he could get get a grenade thrown at him he is surrounded by this like clear bulletproof plexiglass thing right but it has a no top so when Vladimir throws this grenade, live grenade up. He kind of chucks it up really high because he's trying to get it over this particular, you know, structure. So that way it lands right by the president. Instead, it, it lands about sixty feet from him, but it, it lands close to Laura Bush. Yeah, you know, and, and luckily, you know, the idiot wrapped the grenade in a handkerchief, really, really tight, and I kept it. Kept the, the pin, uh, yeah, the, the pin, pin never actually
1: released. Yeah, the pin was pulled, but the uh, clip never released. Yeah,
0: that's what it was. Yeah, and then another thing is, on its way down, it hit a young girl on the head, and it said that kind of um, softened the blow, you know, as it fell on the ground. So the clip again didn't didn't fall out. Again, he is caught. He confesses, yeah, I tried to throw a life grenade at George Bush, and <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, but when he Initially, he said, yes, I did. I was trying to do it. But then when he went to trial, he literally – what did he do? Did you read that? He sewed uh, his lips shut.
1: Tr- yes, yeah. He sewed his lips shut. Like shot. literally, you can see where he This guy just yeah.
0: sewed his lips shut. Like, oh,
1: gross. Because he didn't want to say anything, yeah. Yeah.
0: Nuts. There was something for Obama as well, wasn't it?
1: Well, there was a couple of Obama. There was also an interesting one on Clinton. There was a couple on Clinton. But the one that I really um, would like to bring up is that there was an individual, um, Frank Corder – well, actually flew and I remember this kind of happening at the time when you know much younger. Um, but he actually um, hijacked a plane. He stole a single engine plane and flew it um, into the White House. They crashed it on the White House lawn. He actually died in the crash. Uh, but uh-huh. he um, was a truck um, truck driver and he had alcohol problems and he wanted to try to hit the White House and kill the president. And the president and his family weren't even home at the time. They uh-huh. did write a suicide note saying that he was going to fly his plane into the White House and kill the president. So again, kind of like foreshadowing what's going to happen years later with um, planes used as weapons, but um, doesn't ha- uh, doesn't the president aren't even home? He dies. But that was an attempt, and the Obama attempt, the biggest one that I found with him, um, actually was another one trying to also kill. Uh, there was someone he was in office, but the biggest one was actually a package sent to him. It was sent to a bunch of individuals. It was sent to um, Obama, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton. Um, it was uh, that contained a fabricated a pipe bomb. Is that oh. the one you're talking about?
0: Yeah, that's the one I read about.
1: It was considered by the Secret Service when they found that the pipe bomb. It looked like it was, uh, it was never armed. And that's how the guy got out of like not getting charged with uh, attempted murder. Because the pipe bomb, they were sent, but they were not armed.
0: Yep. There's a few other with Obama too. Again, there's four presidents that were killed. Four assassinations um, that were successful. You know, Beginning with Lincoln, then you have Garfield, then you have McKinley. Then you have Kennedy and Lincoln and Kennedy are the more known ones. Maybe we'll do something about it one of these days. But today our attempt was to kind of you know bring to light some of the less known ones. And
1: yeah, well, these attempts that they actually happen all the time. Like every yeah. uh, well, most of the presidents have some sort of uh, attempt at some point on their lives. And these are just again the ones that we're aware of, not the ones that you know some guy sitting in his basement is plotting, or you know that the Secret Service or gets thwarted some other way, you know. But uh, the ones yep. that actually were carried out in some way shape or form yep.
0: you know that kind of brings us to a close i think that's it i mean we got anything else on no yeah, i was just, gonna say fun uh, facts but this is all fun facts Come on.
1: Whole, this was basically a fun fact podcast you know that's, that's, right. that's basically what we were doing there's no fun fact, section. Yeah, this was like, the fun fact this, section this was the fun facts all these little things and you know these are just the uh, parts of history that can get you hooked
0: and i think it's also you know as a teacher i i try to share these things with my students but you know, you oh, yeah, kind of dictate it so much by, and you're led by the curriculum so much that as much as I would want to spend, you know, a class, and sometimes I do, I, I talk about this stuff. I'm like, you know yeah. what? This is fine. We got to talk about it. Um, but, you know, when it comes to curriculum and the Common Core and all that, it,
1: it, this doesn't really okay. make it. The hard part, too, is when you think it's a really cool fact or really cool information, you say it with such enthusiasm, and the kids just <laughs> yeah. look at you like, we just, um, is there going to be an assignment here? I have to worry yeah, about Yeah, is there like a sort of test this? So, if you guys, if there are any students listening, you know, if your teacher ever you know, has that enthusiasm, can you know, I just throw some a bone or something? Yeah, just throw us a bone, be just be like, like, let us be like, happy. Be like, yeah. you know what, that, that, that's cool. Like, wow, just say wow or something. Yep. You know, uh, you know it's like, wow, just, just don't look at the clock and be like, well, five, at least five minutes passed because that's just like, that's like really that's like that's deflating, a, just like morally, just that. and you're just like. Okay,
0: yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, well, I tried, I tried. All right, well, uh, Till next week, guys. So, uh, Peter signing off.
1: Take it easy, guys. Tom signing off. Stay safe out there.
0: I hope everyone enjoyed our podcast, and if you would like to email us, you can do so at historyteacherspodcast at gmail.com. Hello, my name is Peter Zablocki, and I'm a historian, author, and college professor. I'm thrilled to invite you to check out Evergreen Network's History Shorts podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, join me on a journey through time, exploring the little-known and hidden gems of history. Subscribe now and never miss an episode of the History Shorts Podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts.